not only was that a song in worship, but I felt like it's something I pray every day. Bring new wine out of me, Lord. Help me to grow. Help me to mature. I don't want to stay in the same place. I want to move with you. I want to go forward. And that's God's plan for us as his people. I want to share scripture with you tonight because it tells, I believe, what he's trying to do within our lives. Uh, it's out of Mark 11. And Jesus had just made the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And on his way that night after that was over, it said in verse 11, that Jesus went on into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. And you know, I look at him today. Is he looking at this temple? Has he stopped to look? Because we are the temple of the living God. His spirit lives within us. And I think about how that on purpose he stopped to look and saw what was happening in the temple. And it said from there that he went on into Bethany and he came to the uh, uh, fig tree. And when he looked at the fig tree, he saw that it was not bearing any fruit. And to me, as we put that on this temple today, is this temple, are we bearing any fruit? He like opened my eyes to say, you are the temple. As I walk by you today, are you bearing fruit? Are you living for me the way that you should? And so it said when he looked at the fig tree and he saw that it wasn't bearing fruit, of course that was in those days that he was getting ready to die, you know, and he cursed the tree and the new covenant was about to come and he cursed the tree at the very root. He said, I command this to die, you'll never bear fruit again. And it said from there that he went on back into Jerusalem and then it said that when he came to Jerusalem the next day, that Jesus went into the temple again and began to drive out those who brought, bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. And then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you've made it a den of thieves." And as he looked at that, and he looks at our lives, is what he sees in there are the things that he needs to flip upside down? Is he pleased with what he's looking at that's in this house? What is it that we carry in this house? Or is this house a holy house? Or is this house filled with sin and things that don't belong in this house? That we are not walking in holiness, but in unholiness? that our temple needs to be cleansed? Is there anything in your house you feel like needs to come out, needs to be cleansed? Do you feel like you're walking just the way that he would have you to walk if he stopped and looked? But they were disrespectful to the temple. They came through it, and I think sometimes, where do we take our temple? Where are the places that we go? What are things that we allow to come into our ears? What do we listen to? What, what things fill this temple?
that is he pleased with it? And I, I don't know when I was reading this, he was expressing to me his desire for his people. I'm just going to flip things upside down. There's going to come a pressing. There's going to come a crushing. There's going to come things I'm going to change. I don't like the way that I'm dishonored or disrespected in this house. And it said that that he was so mad at them that they would disrespect, they would just walk through the temple like to take a shortcut. They had no respect for the house of God. And the things that they did were disheartening to him. He said, my father's house is to be called a house of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. He's wanting this to be a house of prayer. He wants a clean temple. The Holy Spirit wants to work through a clean temple. If we think we're going to see the anointing of God flow and the dead to raise and, and the, the, the people coming out of wheelchairs with a filthy temple living our way, we are not going to see the things that we're supposed to see. He said, greater things than I've done, you will do. And it said, then they go back on and see the fig tree after he had done all of this. And the disciples saw this, and they came back to the fig tree. And they said, look, Master, that, that tree has died from the root up. In other words, what was happening there, that, that temple, the old covenant was not going to bear fruit anymore. Jesus was the new covenant. There was new things that were going to happen. We became the temple of God. We are to bear the fruit of him being in our lives. That we're to walk. He's to change us and to make us like him. I tell you, when I was just reading these things, I, I cried. Because I thought, God... The Holy Spirit, I've been praying to see miracles and signs and wonders. But is this temple the way you want it to be? Can the Holy Spirit work through me the way he wants to? And it goes on to say when they looked and saw that it had died from the root up, he just said to them, he said, have faith in God. He said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have what for whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. In other words, once this temple's cleaned, and we have the Holy Spirit flowing in and through our life. And we hear his voice and flow with God. We can operate in the faith and in the power of God. We have the power to say and use the authority that God has given to us. And I use the authority of God now, but I'm telling you, he wants new authority in our life. He wants us more powerful and flowing in his spirit than we have ever seen. That this latter house be greater than the former house. He wants a powerful house because the world is getting more and more evil. And he says, as, as evil does abound, grace does much more abound. We've got to be stronger than what the enemy is putting out. And he said, it's going to take a temple cleansed. It's going to take a temple walking in holiness and not in the ways of the world. He said, give your body as a sacrifice. 
Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the changing of your mind, the renewing of your mind. And when we first receive Christ, we're to progress. That's just the beginning of our salvation. He's getting things out of our life. He's changing our lives. Our thinking is to change. I have not reached the pinnacle. And Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, you know, and moving forward and going forward and maturing in the things of God where we think we've got it all and we know it all, we're just beginning to walk in the power and in, in the understanding, in the wisdom and in the understanding and the knowledge of God. He said, my people perish. Why? For lack of knowledge. And he wants us knowledgeable. He wants us walking in, in the understanding and the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom is his word and the understanding is you're settled in it. You understand it. And the knowledge is that you have the know-how to walk in it. God wants his people knowing how to walk and understanding his grace and understanding his knowledge. So I want God tonight to create in us a clean heart, begin cleaning out this temple. So I'm uh, really, I'm heading kind of toward that way in everything. Last week we prayed that everything that had become deep-rooted in our life, that we cursed that at the very root things that have come from denominational um, teaching that where I was raised a certain way, that that denominational teaching was very strong in my life. My mom used to say, well, you can't go to any other church because you might be led astray. So, you know, I felt like that was the only church that was right and had it all. Well, I found out there was a whole lot more later in life when I began to seek God. But the thing is that Things get deep-rooted in our life. And for those of you that we prayed last week, God's going to, some of the things that has bore fruit in your life that you don't understand that are still there, he's going to help knock those things down and get them out of your life with truth and understanding. When things are killed at the root, they will begin to die off. But I believe that through this, he's wanting you to see why certain things are happening in your life, Remember we talked about a dandelion, you cut it off. But if the root is not taken out, that thing's going to come back, come back. We cut it off, put Band-Aids on it, something else comes, do the same thing over and over. But not only that, when it comes up, it comes up like a flower. But then it turns into seed, that cotton-like. I don't know if you've seen them. We used to as kids blow them, and the seed would go everywhere. And so the very thing that's deep-rooted in our life has a tendency to go into generation after generation after generation. We plant those seeds of, of things that are deep-rooted deep in us into our kids. Anybody ever done that? Any parents here? The things you knew, you deep-rooted them in your kids. And not everything is bad. But there are certain things that hinder our lives and hinder our children from walking forward in the things that we know that God can do in their lives. So I said all that just to remind you that, that he is wanting to clean this temple out in our lives, and he's begun with the deep-rooted things. And those of you that want me to pray over you tonight, I'll, I'll be glad to do that for that reason, because I believe it's important that those things be loosed and 
starting to be die off in our life because like the tree, it did not die immediately. But when they came back, they noticed that it was dying because it came from the root up. And that's what he's going to do. But you need understanding in certain areas of your life to release those and allow the Spirit of God to set you free from them. So one of the things that I wanted to bring about tonight, I was sitting here in church Sunday, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. Pastor Garrett's been speaking on uh, the ten gifts that God has given us, and, and it's for freedom, not for anything to keep us bound, but to set us free and to have the truth of God, and that idols get in the temple. So what temple do you think he's talking about? It's this temple. It's in this house that we set up idols and things that, that we won't let go of, kind of our pet sins. You can call them things that you hang on to in your life. And one of the things that, while I was sitting there and all of a sudden as he was preaching on those idols, I felt like God spoke to me about offenses. That offenses is something that is rampant in the church, in the temple, in us. Anybody, let me ask you, has anybody here ever been offended? We, we all have. We've all had offenses. and Had somebody say something, well, how'd they mean that? But that's something that, that he's saying that through maturity and understanding what they can do when they get planted in us and the damage that they can call, cause in us, he wants to set us free from those and he wants to keep us free. But the only way you can stay free is to have an understanding of the truth. I ran across this at, and I decided uh, I called Pastor Garrett and asked if he would, uh, could bring this up tonight. It was last minute thing. And he was kind enough to do it. And uh, I don't know if you all remember the teaching we had here. We even did a book study at one time on the bait of Satan. And I ran across this, and he was being interviewed on the 700 Club, uh, John Bevere was. And it was so good, just a few minutes of it. I would like for you to watch what he has to say about offense. would would look at that title and say hmm well the bait is being offended yeah. jesus said in luke 17 verse 1 it's impossible that offenses will not come now in other words if we breathe air we're going to have the opportunity yes. to be offended but what we do with the offense will determine our future either we'll become stronger or we'll become bitter but we'll never be the same the actual Greek word that is used there for offense in Luke 17 is an ancient Greek word, scandalon, that was originally used to describe the bait stick of a trap that hunters would use to catch small animals and birds in. The hunter would place the bait on the scandalon, the animal would take it, and the trap would either close and capture or kill the animal. Thereby, an offense is the bait of Satan to pull us believers into his captivity. Now, Paul confirms this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, when he said those who are in opposition 
with one another, offended with one another, are taken captive of Satan to do Satan's will. Now, the scary thing, Terry, is you can still go to church, still even minister, sing, but you're taken captive of Satan to do Satan's will. So instead of releasing rivers of living water, you're releasing waters tainted with bitterness. They're actually poisoning now. Um, a man who had a vision of the armies that were going to march against the church in the last days said as in the vision, as the armies got closer, he noticed the demons were not riding on the backs of horses. They were riding on the backs of Christians. Christians who were offended. They were being captive of Satan to fulfill his purposes. So it's a very serious offense. And I've literally seen multitudes and multitudes imp impounded to it. You know, all of us, I guess, have known at least one one body of believers where there's been what's called a church split. And, and yet God says that unity is the thing that commands a blessing from him. Who doesn't want that? Thank you. But <laughs> offenses do cause division. Anybody agree? When you're against something or someone, it can be a huge problem in your life, in your family. I tell you, there's been families that, oh my goodness, they can't even come together for Thanksgiving. They can't come together for Christmas just because of something that the family said or did or didn't believe like they believed or, or had a difficulty in even getting along because of, of offenses or something that was said or done. And God wants us to be able to identify a spirit of offense. And I believe there is spirits of offense that the, just like he said, that are sent against us to move, uh, to keep us from moving toward healing. Where God wants to heal us and we need to get past the offenses in our lives and with people. Do you realize that's probably one of the biggest the biggest things that we fight as a people of even trying to come together at all. And offense is like, to me, is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. It just keeps on firing. And so unless that uh, it's properly identified and repentance and change come forth, the spirit of offense will continue to cause chaos, and destroy relationships, and it has infiltrated our churches, and it causes division, dissension, strife, hurt, and pain. It infiltrates our churches and annihilates the peace and the unity of our house. It will try to kill any peace. And just like she started to say there, that's where divisions come in the church. That's where divisions come in the home that when there's unity in the home, there's peace. When you agree together, and just like you said, the, the anointing comes down. There's blessing in unity. There's blessing in unity in the home. Down through the years, I've, I've done a lot of counseling and, and things, and one of the biggest uh, things in the home, divisions, is not only money, that, that's a big thing, but just disagreeing. 
Well, I like this. Well, I don't like this. Well, I want this. Well, I don't want that. And that where they can't come to any place of agreement in their life to find peace. And that's what we need to work on. And first of all, I think we need to examine our own lives. And what is it? Is there anything in us that is offensive, that we can't get past? Can we self-evaluate our life? Has people said things to you that you didn't even recognize, you just took it as an offense? I believe pride is one of the biggest uh, things that causes offense in our life. It's tied to uh, pride and control because you can control things. You can, you can get a hold of things in your mind. And offense, pride, and control, these three things together in a trio can be very damaging to your life. And you're usually the one that gets hurt the worst. I remember um, one time, um, one of my brothers, it wasn't Charlie, but one of my brothers, um, it was like, I mean, it was before I even had kids, so you know it was a long time ago. But he had married, and things happened in the marriage, and, and the wife got mad, and she hurt my mother and said things and did things that really upset me. And I got offended, I mean big time. And I remember laying in bed, God brought that to my remembrance today, and I remember laying in bed and, and thinking, and it was the first time I'd ever thought to myself, I thought, I hate her. And it would come out of my mouth, I said it out loud. And it shocked me because I'd never felt like I'd hated anybody before. And I'd certainly never said it. And I felt the Lord speak to me and said, that hurts nobody but you. She'll go right on. She'll not think a thing about it again. She's going to do what she's going to do. But because of your hate, your offense, that is going to hurt you and your life. It will bring bitterness. It will bring different things in your life that you wish you'd never had. And immediately I said, I forgive her. But that was such a strong moment in my life when I remembered, you know, all of that because she hurt my mom. You know, said things about my mother and I didn't like it. <laughs> and so I came in her defense. And that's something else I want to talk about too because I'm going to kind of intermingle them. But the very thing sitting there Sunday was, I felt he said, there are people in the house that are holding uh, offenses because of somebody else or carrying somebody else's offense. In other words, I could have went and told Charlie what she'd done, done all this, and he could have got mad at her for what she did, and then it could have spread and spread and spread. But when you carry someone else's offense, you're just as bad as they are. And the worst thing I think that you can do is to put a stumbling block before somebody. Because that's what offense means also. When he said, you know, that any of you that offends these little ones 
just like what he was saying. They might as well put a millstone around their neck and be thrown into the sea. Because he was talking about offending one of my little ones. So not only do we get offended, but we cause offense. Because of the offense, we, we cause others to be offended. It's kind of like the, the um, dandelion, that those seeds spread. You blow it all out over, and then others grab hold of that seed, then they become offended. You know, I've been in the church quite a while, and I've seen, seen a lot of things. And I've seen one person leave because another person told them what happened. They were offended. Then they got offended for them. Then they left. And so they kept throwing these stumbling blocks out before other people that caused them to stumble. And so when you get offended or you get hurt and you run and tell somebody else of your hurt, then they're going to start taking up for you, so to speak. And then they're going to be offended at you and you haven't done anything to them. But then that offense begins to grow. And the thing I felt like that, that he was speaking to me is that these things are manifested in our life in so many ways. They, call bit, they cause bitterness. They cause strife. They cause hurt and pain. Just like what I read, dissension. Because we're never satisfied to release or sometimes to let go. We want vengeance. We want to get them back for what they've done. They've offended me. Now, I want to offend them. But usually, all those things stem out of pride in our life. And I said to God, I said, I mean, you know, I, I've gotten mad at people and stuff. And as I grew and became more mature, and I'm not saying I, I still can't, because it depends sometimes on what's said to us, where, you know, none of us are at the place like, oh, no, I never get offended. <laughs> Because we never know what's going to offend us and make us move out of the will of God. Offense can make us move out of the will of God. And those are things where we have to guard our heart. Because something offended us. They didn't like the way we did it. They didn't believe the same way. Something in offense that sets us off. And I think that's something that gets deep-rooted in our life. You've had things, I mean, as you grow up, look at all the times you've been offended, maybe, and never let it go. So many times. I remember um, this same brother that I had. I was always trying to help him. And, because we were very close growing up, and I remember seeing like a vision, and we were sitting at these desks, and Jesus was teaching. And I thought, he is just not getting this. So I get up out of the chair and go to him and was starting to correct him because he, he does, he, you're not getting it. And Jesus said, you go sit down. I'm able to speak to him. I'm able to do that. I was just helping. No, you're not. You know how we do. We, we think sometimes we know better. Or we know what's best. But as I've learned, even through ministry, 
I don't always know what's best. And I always have to be open to correction. And correction is something that we get offended too. There's so many ways because that pride thing, like we're self-reliant, we need God, we don't need nobody else. It's not fair. Um, you're, you're treating me unfairly. What you're saying is not right. Uh, I, you're to respect me. And if you don't respect me, then I'm going to be mad. <laughs> because that's, we get offended if we think somebody's not respecting the way that we feel in our lives. And it's controlled. Offensive people desire to control the situation that's happening. We want to control it. We want to manage it and make sure it goes the way we think that it ought to go. So we can't hear what's being said around us because we know what's right. And what God is saying to me through this that I feel like that he wants to do tonight in our lives is to face him, let him clean this out of our temple, come to him, God forgive me for the offenses, get that out of my life, get that away from me, and teach me that I know how to hear offense when there's a spirit of offense that right away I'll take and control it in my life. Because you can, if you know the truth, he said the truth will set you free that we discern those things. And that's one of the things that he said to me. And when you think about it, look how rampant that is in the church. How many, do, how many churches do we have? Everybody's set out right. We don't come together. We're not unified. And when we become unified, that's when the anointing of God, we're going to begin to see the power of God the way it's supposed to be. And my prayer is that as we turn our eyes upon Jesus tonight, and God, forgive me for allowing myself to be offended. And forgive me, God, for taking up other people's offense. Because you're taking up their offense is hurting you, just like it did with my brother. He said that'll hurt nobody but you. Because they will go on in their life. And I know people's lives that, that moved on a, a, somebody else's offense. And to this day, some of them are not even in church. They, they're out somewhere. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of that, you know. It can become an idol in your life. I'll tell you something else I felt like he showed me. That our prayers get blocked. We want him to move, and here we are offended and causing offense in other people's lives and taking up other offenses and putting stumbling blocks. He said, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. And offenses all come with forgiveness. Because if you are offended and you don't forgive, it's unforgiveness. And there's things in our life that we need to let go of that he can cleanse, he can flip this house upside down, he can do, and we put our lives in his careful hand as we submit to him, as we lay in the soil, as we let him break up this ground that's in our life that's become hard. We, we've become hardened because of hurts 
and because of things that's happened in our life that he can't even break through because of hard ground in us. And he's trying to break it up. And there's things that some of you are going through in your life and you think, God, why? This is so hurtful. Why? And, it, and we want God to break this ground, but we don't want to hurt in the breaking. We don't want to hurt in the crushing. We don't want to hurt as a result of what we've done or what, what's happened in our life. So God is doing things on the inside to literally bring freedom in our lives that he can work through us unhindered. There are things that are simply hindering the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I pray that God help us all here tonight, that we can hear what, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Maybe your husband has offended you for many years. I'm telling you, let it go. Because your offense isn't hurting him like it's hurting you. The damage that it's doing in your temple. Because you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, well, it was his fault. Because you know the truth. You have to answer to God for your own life. And you have to look at yourself and say, is this a fruit of something that's been deep-rooted that God wants to cut off in my life? Is this why I act certain ways? Is this why I'm so prideful? Nobody can tell me what to do. You are going to respect me. I deserve that. That all these things that build up in our lives that resent, we can't grow. It's just that simple. And we live our whole life with, with uh, offenses that hinder nobody but, but me. And you have to decide, is it worth it? That you're going to be offended at someone? Because as sure as you're offended at someone, you're going to cause somebody else to stumble. Because what's in the heart's going to come out of the mouth. It's just the way he says, you'll speak it. You just blow them seeds all over. I feel like if you can get it broke off your life, then you can break it off your children's life and your children's children because understanding will come and freedom that we need in God. And so it was just so odd that he spoke to me about that. I was going to go totally a different way on discernment and the things being deceived and the things that he has been showing me. And he said, I want you to talk about offenses and causing others to be offended. That you want others to take on that offense or you take on their offense. Either way, it's a stumbling block to you or to them. And it will change your destiny and it will change your life. And I said, no one is worth taking my anointing. And I don't mean that mean. I think you know what I'm saying. There's no person that I could be that mad of that's worth taking the flow of God out of my life. I choose to be free. I choose not to be offended. 
I choose and ask God to forgive me of anyone that I've caused to stumble. If I've caused anyone to stumble, God, forgive me. If I've said anything to hurt any of you all, I ask you to forgive me. Because that's the last thing I'd want to do. Is to ever hurt anybody like that. Or to offend you. So sometimes we do it without realizing we're doing it. Just careless words or joking when they took it as an offense. But that we have a heart that's softened and have humility in our life. If we can't humble ourselves before God and before each other, I don't know what's going to happen to us really. But I'm not perfect. Don't claim to be, never have been, never will be probably. But I know that I want my temple clean. And I think this is something that God's bringing before us to get out of our lives and not be a stumbling block to someone else or even to ourselves. So if you just turn the lights down, I just want us to, to pray. And I want to pray with you tonight. You know, those of you that, that want those roots loosened, I'm telling you, that God calls people to do certain things. I believe in the church. I believe our churches. God's bringing forth the commandments and the, the things that we need to hear and the giftings and how to walk and not to have idols in our life. I believe the money thing. God wants us to be able to have things in order that in the future we can live whatever's coming on this earth. We'll have enough and we'll be able to help others. It's important that we understand the financial part of our lives to, to handle the things that God puts in our hand with purpose and reason. And even Kelsey with the workout, that our body be physically strong, that God, through me, through the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to clean this temple, that he might flow through it as he gives us everything that we have need of. And I believe this house is flowing, Pastor Garrett, with the anointing of God in the areas that he wants to touch our lives. And our part is to submit and to yield. God, make me ready. This is the temple of the living God that I might walk in power and then the anointing that people would be delivered and set free. That we could walk in a place that our life, they would just I remember the, the prophets and all of old, they said they would come into the town and they would shut down the bars and do everything because of the anointing on that evangelist. I want that kind of anointing. And there's a price. You're going to live it. If you want God to flow through you like that, you're not going to do it with a dirty vessel. You're not going to do it in unforgiveness. You're not going to do it in offenses and all those things. He's he wants us to be a house of prayer. He wants it to be holy. So as we go before God right now, I'm willing to pray with you. I believe that he's given the power of the anointing of God is here, that whatever you need tonight, he's going to do. He's called me to do this. 
So whatever I have need of and whatever you have need of in this area that I'm speaking tonight, he's going to touch your life and change it. That he would set you free from offenses that's offended you, that's blocking the flow. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you and praise you.